Welcome to our Tuesday weekly feature, Acre Pro Buy Sell, where we talk about the great ideas and thoughts of college football with uh, some of the few guys that know it any better than Tom Deanhart. So we appreciate Tom joining us. We want to thank Acre Pro when it comes to land sales. It pays to have experts in your co corner. Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group are your local and farmland experts with decades, and I mean decades, of experience in Indiana agriculture. No one knows the market better, whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland. Your local Acre Pro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit acrepro.com or call Kyle Spray at 765-775-6502. That number again, 765-775-6502. You know, the Indiana countryside these days, even though it's warm this weekend in West Lafayette, has that look of uh, of harvest. It's starting to have that look a little bit. Would you, I don't know if you've been out. I live out in the, a little bit on the north side of town. Tom does, Tom's a little more in town. But uh, you getting that feel at all that falls in the air at all? Yeah, yeah I am with the, you know, the, the sun setting a little bit, yeah. a little bit sooner, and, uh, the longer shadows. I don't know. You kind of sense something in the air too, Alan. That we're getting closer. I think Saturday is the uh, autumnal equinox. Right. So the first day of fall, we're real there, Alan. We'll be raking leaves before we know it, buying Halloween candy and <laughs> and uh, having, a little, having a little frost on the pumpkin too. Yeah. You know, one play I notice it more than anything is when you drive due west. I don't know what it is, but like you're driving in west, that sun is at an angle where it just seems to be yeah. right in the <laughs> eyes, and it's always that way. I know it's probably not any different. Somebody, our meteorologists or our folks out there that understand physics better than I do and the rotation of the earth uh, will be better off. But uh, that's what I, one thing I do notice. And I'm starting to definitely notice the days getting a little bit shorter. But boy, we've had great weather for Purdue, uh, Syracuse. They're expecting, I think, pretty good weather, a little warmer maybe uh, for Friday night when the Boilermakers take on Wisconsin. In our buy-sell program, we kind of look back at the, you know, and some of this is inane. I and I have to qualify this with my partner, Tom, here, is that I hate to put him on a spot with stupid qu or questions that you have no idea what the answer is, but we it makes for good conversation, hopefully. And uh, last week, our little report card was, well, at least mine, I don't know if it was so good. We had the uh, Garrett Schrader versus Hudson card, who would run more for your yards. I think we both said Garrett Schrader. You have to go back and check the tape. And Garrett Schrader, not only did he run more for more yards than Hudson Card, he ran for more yards than any quarterback against Purdue in its history. And he laid down for 38 yards. He threw away 38 yards and a fifth touchdown, a fifth touchdown, which would have been a Purdue opponent record had he done that. Uh, wow. He was amazing. Yeah, he was really good, Alan. And um, you know, he also had four sacks, which which, which kind of knocked into his rushing yardage as well. Yeah, um, my goodness, uh, we saw you know some of the things he could do last year at Syracuse. Didn't look that good as a passer. Um, did, did some good work as a runner. My God, Alan, he, he pretty made him look like a Heisman Trophy contender. Yeah. Um, give him credit. You know, yeah. Syracuse Syracuse saw something in in the scheme. They knew things that would work. That, that naked bootleg a couple times, Alan. Uh, Juan Schrader took in for a touchdown where, I mean, no, no, nobody for Purdue sets the edge. Scotty Humpich is running in toward the line. No idea where the ball is, and Schrader just waltzes into the end zone. And then, of course, late, similar play going toward the north end zone. 
when Syracuse is killing the clock, Schrader runs a similar play. He turns the corner, looks up, Allen, there's just green grass for miles. He just ends up sliding and taking a knee where he probably could hit Pater. So, yeah, I give Garrett Schrader a lot of credit, a veteran quarterback who uh, who played very well. And remember this too, Allen, not to be more and more somber, but Syracuse didn't even have his best receiver plan, yeah. Rondé Gadsden. So hats off to the Qs. I was a little flummoxed to, to why they were about a three-point favorite. <laughs> now I know why Vegas had him at point favorite, right? Yeah, isn't it amazing how that works? He could have had it, like you said, he could have had a fifth touchdown, which would have been, I think, a, a Purdue opponent record and by yeah. he was he was good. Purdue helped him in certain situations. I think the one touchdown on the south end zone, Tom, he he literally walked into the end zone. He strolled and yeah. it was like a three-yard run. He was just all by himself. Yeah. And that gave uh, uh, Kevin Kane and the Purdue defense some things to work on and in, uh, in terms of setting the edge, like you talked about. And in fairness to Purdue, you got some new guys playing. And I know though Scotty Humpick, not not necessarily as new, but uh, uh, without uh, Kyron Jenkins, also a big thing. We'll talk about that a little bit. We also had Devin Mockaby. I think we both thought he'd be over 100 yards. One thing I know we didn't, and we didn't do it, we would have taken the under of seven fumbles. <laughs> or yeah but you know that was not a purdue record to look that up 11 fumbles against notre dame about the time well long before i was born 1953 they lost eight of them in a 37-7 loss to the number one ranked irish did not beat that but boy seven was crazy wasn't it yeah the um just crazy it says seven fumbles and uh devin mockaby i think had three um I think there could be some consequences to that this week, Alan. Um, we may see more Tyrone Tracy, uh, if, you, if you believe some of the things Ryan Walters said. <clears throat> and there's a lot to like about Tyrone Tracy so far. But, yeah, tough night yeah. for Devin. You know, he runs hard. Um, but, yeah, again, the, the, I, I was stunned to see that final number, too. Seven fumbles and then four turnovers overall. Of course, Purdue had no turnovers its first two games. Uh, one turnover was obviously an interception. Really wasn't Hudson Cart's fault. The ball was tipped by a Syracuse player. Um, but Hudson, of course, had a couple fumbles that were lost. And uh, yeah, just a night you want to forget. But hopefully, as we always know, you want to learn from your mistakes, right? And uh, gosh, Alan, to be one and two after three games, um, there, there's no other way to paint it but disappointing. Um, I, I think these were three of the more winnable games on the schedule, Alan. And, you know, peeking ahead, how many more times will Purdue be favored this year? Maybe three um, against Illinois, Northwestern, and uh, and Indiana, maybe? I don't know. Maybe. So it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, so again, you got to get to six wins to get to a bowl game. Purdue has one, and here comes Wisconsin. So, yeah, they're the, Purdue's really got its work cut out for it. Yeah, no question. And uh, uh, maybe if things go, see where Nebraska goes, I suppose it's possible but probably not a road favorite there. I, I would agree with that. I don't think you're a road favorite. No, not on the road. Yeah. In Nebraska. I see that. All right. It has been, we're going to start with this one. By the time Saturday rolls around, it will have been 9,470 days since the last time Purdue beat Wisconsin in ross Aid Stadium. Ron Dane, they held Ron Dane down a little bit that day. He still had, I think, a pretty, had over 140 yards. 
But I can remember Ed Watson, I think the first or second play of, of the game, roll going around right end for 75 yards and a touchdown. Billy Dickin was near perfect in that game as well. Purdue blows out Wisconsin and actually gets the lesser bowl when it came to bowl time that year. Of course, that's we learned that lesson. Wisconsin went to the Outback Bowl and Purdue went to the Alamo Bowl, which was a good bowl for Purdue. But I'm going to say, is it time? Are you going? I know you. I know you make the predictions on Friday. I know it would be an upset, but are you buying or selling that Purdue is going to get through, get to stop this streak this week? I'm, I'm buying it, Alan. I mean, you're going to buy it. All right. I just don't see it happening. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. I guess I'm selling back. Yeah. yeah wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. selling. I, they're, they're not going to win, Alan. No. Um, yeah. And uh, I just, I know, I know Wisconsin's going through its uh, transition too with the new coach. And of course, new schemes. They're also have installed an air raid offense. And, um, I just, I don't know. I, I not, not, not that history matters. I still yeah, think Wisconsin yeah. is going to be the more physical team. Two good running backs, and another that they've got a transfer quarterback from the state of Texas, in Tanner Mordecai. I just think the Badgers are going to find a way to to pull it out, and we'll find out a lot about Purdue this week, right? Um, you know, as as we always know, you find out the most about people in times of adversity. And how Purdue responds to a very disappointing 35 to 20 loss at home where a lot of things got exposed. And we still kind of question maybe the toughness of the team, Alan. Uh, the inability still to get that one, that one, one tough yard is missing. Now we see some, 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 I guess, lack of attention to detail with the penalties and the fumbles, 11 penalties, uh, four turnovers, seven fumbles, um, on and on it goes. And here comes again, the Badgers. And again, they're 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 trying to sort some things out too. I talked to their play-by-play guy today, Matt LePay, and he calls them a work in progress. So this isn't a vintage Wisconsin team, so maybe they're vulnerable, but we'll see if Purdue can pick itself up, up off the bootstraps. And certainly Alan, a good start maybe would be just what this team needs to maybe give it some confidence. Punch Wisconsin early while Wisconsin still has some self-doubt, Alan, because again, they, they haven't looked super great out of the gate either. So maybe if Purdue can get on top of them maybe demoralize them early, that obviously obviously would be a good thing. Well, I know the line started at, what, six or seven and moved down to four. I don't know what that means. Uh, but uh, uh, one thing we found out last week, Vegas knew what it was talking about. Now, again, mind you, I'm 0-3, I think, in picking Purdue this year. But I'm with you, I think. And I just – and this is not a criticism of Purdue. I just think Wisconsin. I think that toughness quotient is a lot of what you're talking about. And I think Ryan Walters and staff are trying to get that done, but I, I just don't see uh, Purdue coming out to, I think it'll be good. should be a good game, but I think Purdue will, I think yeah. Wisconsin will get out of uh, Mackey, Mackey arena. Well, they'll get out of Mackey arena, but they'll also get out of a uh, Ross eight stadium with a, with that win. But the good thing, if you're a Purdue fan is I've been wrong every week. So maybe that uh, <laughs> is your best thing. All right. We talked, you talked earlier about, consequences and it will be i think that's what's in if and i'm not necessarily being critical of fans but if fans would they actually take some fans take a step back and just kind of watch purdue develop here and see how it develops and one of the storylines in my view is like you like you kind of hinted to will there be ramifications and i we all both think devin mockaby is a great kid and a very good football player but he laid it on the turf three times uh yeah 
and will how will how will will there be some consequences for that? But my question is, who gets more carries this week, Tyrone Tracy Jr. or Devin Mockaby? Are you buying and selling Tyrone Tracy, getting more carries than Devin? I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it, Alan. Um, I think maybe they're gonna try to give give Tracy a look here, an extended look. You know, he's um he's impressed since spring football. You know, he moved from wide receiver to running back and. And again, all reports were that, again, he really took like a fish to water here with the movement. And it's not a surprise, I guess. You know, running back really is his natural position. He was a good running back in high school, and, and Iowa made him a wide receiver. And uh, he sort of languished in Iowa City, never became a key guy. And even last year here in West Lafayette, right. Allen, he uh, he was a non-factor, didn't score a touchdown, was hard to use, uh, really never seems comfortable catching the ball downfield. And I think he's he's really in his comfort zone now. We've seen a lot of good things from Tyrone Tracy these first three games. Runs with a lot of power, a lot of conviction. Hits the hole hard, has some speed, some toughness. He can still catch the ball. Why not? I mean, Devin Mockaby's very good too, but, you know, um, nothing like competition for everybody to, to bring out the best in you, right? And uh, why not see what Tyrone Tracy has here? Maybe he's really something special. And this offense needs more playmakers, Alan. Um, I think they really only has one right now in, in Deion Burks. Maybe maybe Tracy can become more of a playmaker. We saw him do that certainly on special teams in the opener when he ran that kickoff back 98 yards for a touchdown. Yeah, and uh, Purdue's going to need some consistency, and they've got to <laughs> the playmakers, one would think, uh, not one would think, it's just an absolute truth. You cannot do, cannot do the turnover uh, dance like uh, Purdue did, and you can't – Coaches don't like guys that fumble. Uh, they love Devin Mockaby, and he'll probably get that fix. And 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 certainly Ryan Walters pulled no punches about uh, things that they they said they work on ball security. And obviously, will be an emphasis this week. And it's an it's a it's a non-starter certainly if you can't get that thing solved. All right, uh, we said last week we both I think bought that Purdue was going to be start this season four or this. This uh, month of September, four and one. Yeah. Uh, now let's take go back to the go back to the big picture. Uh, I think that the the line was still at the start of the year was five and a half wins was the over under on for Purdue. I think from Vegas, I could be I think that's right. It might have been and and uh, so are you going to say uh, is Purdue, we're going to go back to is Purdue can Purdue is Purdue going to get to a bowl game buy or sell that at this point. I'm, I'm gonna sell it, Alan. I'm sorry to disappoint you. You have to stand my stuff yet. Well, you're the one that's gonna get to go somewhere, but uh, you know that from that standpoint. But uh, I just think again, you know, last week I thought, well, heck, maybe a four and one September is possible, right? After they won yeah. Virginia Tech, you know. Now I think we, we've seen what Virginia Tech really is, Alan. Virginia Tech is not a good football team. They're actually an underdog this week against Marshall. Oh, geez. Um, they got it handed to them at Rutgers last week. So, yeah, I just, you know, Purdue one and two, Allen. Um, may, maybe this is a four and eight or a five and seven team. Maybe I'm wrong. I know, again, you, you don't want to write anybody's obituary after three games. Uh, there's still a lot of football to be played. A lot of development can still take place. But just based on the sample size we have, I think you'd have to be a real Kool-Aid drinker, a real optimist 
to think this team could win six games. Um, uh, again, you got Illinois, Northwestern, and Indiana. Again, three games probably will be favored in. Two of them are at home. That would be four wins. Uh, where are your other two wins, Alan? Uh, at Nebraska, they got to go to Iowa. Uh, I think they go to Northwestern. You got Ohio State. You got Michigan. I don't know. My Minnesota's in that on, on the menu too. So there's some toss-up games in there. There's no doubt. Um, but it's going to be a challenge. And um, you know, from what we've seen uh, with this team's struggles, it was <laughs> you know it was going to be tough. Had Purdue always played pretty clean football. Right. If they continue to play sloppy football, forget it, right? Yeah. I, you know, I, I think that that's absolutely uh, is fair. And even though I know this is the nature of the, the you know, one week yes, when it's next week no. But, uh, yeah, yeah we're, st we're starting to get data points, and I think that that's an important thing. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Uh, I think there are still four games – there's there's five games they they can win, but in like well, you, you said, tell in, me tell me tell me the five you think they can win. They can. Win. I think they. I just don't think they can win it. I think Iowa, Ohio State. You win Iowa? No, no, no. I'm saying Iowa, Ohio State, and oh. and Michigan are would be shockers. Okay. After that. And then, and then you got, uh, you know, I think they can win five, but they'll be, like you said, they're only going to be a favorite in probably three of them. Maybe, yeah. I suppose, if Minnesota goes south, you could be a favorite on November 11th, but that's, you know, Purdue's going to have to play. But I think one of the stories, again, and we kind of go back to what we talked earlier in the year about this season, that is the story of the season, in my view, is just how, how they handle adversity, how this program, what culture are they building, uh, there's no question that Ryan Walters has got, you know, not only from a recruiting standpoint, he got to get his guys in here. I know there are a lot of other programs that are in the same boat, but uh, I just yeah. think that it, I think Purdue can look at this as a successful year with even four wins. If you do it the right way and you show steady improvement and you, and you don't shoot yourself in the rear end, like you did on Saturday night. So those are things uh, that's not a loser's mentality. That's I think a realistic mentality. Uh, and I understand that we tend to do this. We put our index finger in the air and say which way the wind is blowing. This week, the wind is blowing against Purdue, at least the way we see it. All right, a couple of – go ahead, Tom. Now, I did forget the Minnesota game's in Ross State Stadium. That is correct. Uh, that certainly is a, probably a toss-up game. Minnesota does not look like a world beater out of the gate either. That was a, I mean, they got, they got beat pretty handily in North Carolina last week. No shame in that. They handled Nebraska at home, and they beat uh, a lesser team in, in their second game. But still, you're right. That's a game. Those last three games of the year, Alan, Minnesota at Northwestern, Indiana. You know, maybe it, maybe Purdue's facing the, needing to win those last three games to get bowl eligible, sort of like Jeff Rom did some of those years when he was the head coach, you know? Yeah, but you better be – you got to be at three wins by November the 11th. And yeah. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, you got to get two more. You got to get two more before then, obviously. And that is – that's you know, going to that, be a challenge. You know, that, 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 that game – gosh, I don't know. You got to beat Illinois. That's a non-starter. You got to yeah. beat Illinois. And you, you probably have to win in Nebraska, obviously. Yeah. And Purdue, Purdue's won the last two times out there, I think. And Nebraska certainly, I think, beatable, Alan. So you're right. It's, it's possible. But, man, the wiggle room, as we know – <laughs> it's, it's getting less and less. 
Yeah, they can, they, it would take a big step if they could somehow get out of this weekend and beat Wisconsin. We'll probably have a well, different conversation good. next week. Hey, by then, Al, next week we'll be planning the Rose Bowl party. Probably, yeah. Right? <laughs> right. They'll be 1-0 in the league. And uh, uh, that part, uh, that will begin. Okay, injuries are always a part of the storyline. Uh, Gus Hardwick has been an injured off the entire season to date. Yeah. Yeah. Two big ones, though. I mean, Garrett Miller, who we saw for a very – cameo appearance i don't even know and i should have looked he did he get any snaps last week uh, yeah he, he he did alan but they've um they've been pretty judicious and not wanting to push him too too quickly or coming off that knee injury right but my point is all right we're going to go to two other guys that are extremely important we gus hartwick also and also kyron jenkins a guy that uh, yeah. Was hurt and, and and when we do this, we want to qualify. We aren't we aren't physicians. We're not. We don't know. We have no idea exactly what uh, what the situation is with Jenkins. It sounds like after the game, it sounded didn't sound so good. But who knows? Mike, my, my say, are you buying or selling that you're going to see those guys this week? And Tom, I'll, what do you think? I think I think Gus Hardwood is going to play. He's going to try. Uh, how much? I'm not sure. I think there was a shot last weekend. It didn't happen. I think this is the weekend we get a little, at least, at least a little bit of dose of Gus. I don't think he's capable of playing 70 snaps probably, uh, but just getting him back out. And I just think psychologically what that does for your line, um, probably your best lineman and your, 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 your center, your pivot man, your captain of your line to get him back. Um, not only physically what he can do, but, but psychologically and mentally, I think it'd be huge. Uh, for this front, Alan. So I'm, I'm going to lean towards saying we're going to see Gus. Um, you know, Garrett, just just to kind of give you a quick update. He played he played 12 snaps at Virginia Tech. He played 19 snaps yeah, last 19 week. 19 snaps. I didn't and finally so, look it up. So, yeah, I think I think you know again, why push it with the way Max Claire's playing, right? Um, I think maybe we'll see those snaps extended this week, and maybe maybe why not get those guys on the field together two of your best players. And um, and as far as Jenkins goes, I, I really have no idea. I, I think I asked coach about that on Monday. You know, he said, if he's ready to go play, if not next man up, he said something similar after the game. I guess I'm going to lean toward him not playing again. That, that, that's a total guess, um, <clears throat> which would be too bad, Alan. Yeah, he's been good. Uh, he's been, he's been one of the best pass rushers in the nation. If you look at the metrics, He's just a guy, an empty the bucket guy, man. He's only about six feet tall, but man, he plays like he's ten feet tall. Uh, and again, just relentless, Alan. Uh, and I think he's a guy that the team rallies around too. And uh, if he's not, if he doesn't play, it's going to be a huge blow. Obviously, they got depth at that spot. Uh, Will Helt and uh, Scotty Humpich. It's interesting, Alan. Uh, Cordy Sidner hardly plays. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what's up with that, but he was a guy that looked like he was going to be a breakout star coming into the year. He, he hardly gets on the field now. But anyway, they've got some other guys at OLB that could step up, and none of them are the level of Jenkins. But I, my guess, again, it's just a guess, <coughs> excuse me, is that Jenkins number four won't play. Yeah, Sinner only eight plays uh, last week. A uh, guy that we thought uh, uh, usually. <laughs> I thought he made two throw early. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I did. Yeah, again, funny way things how things turn out. And the thing I think, too, that Jenkins brings him at, at my very uh, uh, pedestrian view towards this is 
he allows you to play the kind he's one of those, you know, Ryan Walter defense, like, like a lot of defenses are built around the edges, built around the corners and you need guys that all around the edge that can make plays. And when you don't have that, or you have inexperience, I should say, it's not that will help can't or hump it can't do some of that, but you've got to be able to have uh, strength or really And Nick Scouch and obviously he's been really good so far. He played all 76 plays defensively last week. You just got to have that. And uh, you know, it's, funny, it's funny, Alan, they don't, they, they, they don't play a lot of guys. Yep. They, they rotate the interior of the defensive line pretty liberally. They like the six guys there. You know, you got, you know, uh, <laughs> you got Cole Brevard on the nose. You got Malik Langham and Isaiah Nichols. Then they bring in Mo Amonade to play backup nose. And you got Joe Anderson and Jeffrey Emba. And then they play three or four outside linebackers. Man, outside of that, Alan, there, there's not a lot of rotation. Every offensive lineman plays every snap. They really only play three receivers. One tight end basically has played almost every snap for the most part. Uh, Mockaby's been the primary back. I mean, the secondary, there's almost no depth at all. They got about the same five guys who play all the time. So they just have not played a lot of guys outside the defensive line all year. Yeah, you're talking about the offense. You really only had six, nine, only 18 or 19 guys that saw the field last week. Mershawn Rice did see the field. Yeah, he's a non factor. Uh, the junior college transferred Jaden Dixon field. He never plays. Yep. And, uh, Who's the other? Oh, yeah. Elijah Canyon never plays Allen. Yeah, he played in the first he week and hasn't played since, right? And he's uh, a guy <laughs> kind of looked like maybe he's going to break out. They kind of talked him, talked about him a little bit in, in the spring. Crickets, Allen. And remember this, too the best, the guy who's supposed to be the best receiver is not playing. Jamal drying the, the transfer from Florida Atlantic. What would this offense look like if he was in the lineup? You know, I've, I've wondered that a few times. You, you, you can't wish for it, but just remember that too, that a huge X factor who's not part of this receiving core. But long story short, again, back to my original point, TJ Sheffield, you know, Deion Burks, Abdur Rahman, you're seeing those have basically been your only receivers. And everybody thinks, oh, you need six to eight receivers to run this offense. No, you don't. <laughs> you yeah. got three guys, you just ride them, I guess, right? Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's in, in, again, coaches do get to comfort levels. They, and, and yeah, again, we don't know how Ryan Walters is really, we don't, you know, nobody knows because he hasn't done it. You know, we don't know what his true personality is. Is he going to be, you know, are you going to go mm -hmm. with the safer bets, so to speak? Um, you know, how do you, how do you manage? That's what I think is going to be the interesting storyline and for the rest of the years how does he manage difficulty you've talked about it week in and week out but what does he do does he stick close to guys he can trust does he try to give guys more chances you know that's what's going to be an interesting thing to watch right now you're right be tight go ahead and alan 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 you know if, if, you're, lo if, if you're losing you're not going to start auditioning guys man you're going to start to panic and, and, and lean more on the guys you trust yeah, because he wants to. He knows he needs to win some, win enough yeah, win. to keep the fan fan base uh, at least intrigued. Yeah. He gets that. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. You don't get paid four million dollars a year to, to not win, and and uh, we under he understands that as well as anybody. All right, let's take a look at a couple of national things. Uh, uh, <clears throat> we, we are you buying or selling that there'll be two uh, Big Ten teams that will win against ranked opponents? And that's a little bit of a tricky question because. I'll, uh, Iowa plays at Iowa plays Penn State at Penn State, right? And then, of course, the, the real question is: Is Ohio State, State going to win at Notre Dame? 
<clears throat> no. <laughs> I don't think Ohio State goes to South Bend and win. You know, it's funny. <clears throat> they haven't won. Not, not, not that they play up there a lot in their history, but they haven't won there since the 30s. And I remember Allen in the mid-90s. Yeah, when they had a, they had a series about four games. Eddie George was playing, and the Buckeyes rolled him a couple times. Of course, last year, uh, uh, the Buckeyes beat him. Beat him, I think, but did not. Buckeyes but not twenty-one to ten was not an easy game. I just don't think I don't I, I don't like this Ohio State quarterback situation. Kyle McCord, he's not C.J. Stroud. I, I still think they're they've been a little lethargic here. Maybe Western Kentucky. I know Hanley last week, but I, I I I don't think they're hitting on all cylinders, Alan. They're they're not playing well enough to go to South Bend and beat what looks like a looks like a very good Notre Dame team with a very good quarterback and Sam Hartman. You know, Marcus yeah. Freeman's got him going up there, Alan. I think I think the I think Indy I think Indy's going to win with, with 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 some relative ease. I think that Penn State. No way I was going to go to State College and beat this team. Uh, Penn State's sort of that. It's funny to think of them as a sleeper, Alan, <laughs> but they are a sleeper in some ways from a Big Ten title and a, and a playoff perspective. Uh, maybe this is the team that that really can make that next step this year. A lot of people think this is James Franklin's best team in state college PA. Good up front, good young quarterback. They're playing really well, Alan. That place is going to be just on fire. And I don't think Iowa gets out of that place alive. Iowa ranked near the bottom of the top 25. I think ranked 24th. Penn State ranked seventh uh, and uh, and is a favorite uh, in that game as well. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I think I I'm not sure. I'm gonna I was I'll I'm gonna buy that Ohio State's gonna win though. I just for some reason, uh probably just really talent alone. Oh. I know Ohio State's a slight favorite, I think, as you believe it or not. Uh, I, I Are just you think, kidding me? Yeah, I think, aren't they? they aren't they like a two-point favorite in that game? But, They're uh, favoring South Bend? Yeah, I'll have to look wow. that up while we're, while we're chatting. We'll stall for a minute to find that out. Uh, and I think <laughs> that uh, I do think that it's going to be a game where uh, it should be close. But you're right. Um, it definitely needs to be uh, – they need to figure out something – uh, Notre Dame is a home underdog in uh, at least opening odds, wow. uh, but uh, it's it's close and uh, it is it is expected to be a uh, a close football game and that's what's yeah. an interesting story. <laughs> great Saturday, Alan. A yeah. lot of great games, man. Mm. Yeah, for the first time last week was the first time in like forty years that there were no games between top between ranked teams. This week there are what seven or eight. It's crazy. So there's a, a lot of games between ranked teams. And again, two of those games among Big Ten teams, and what of course two of them playing each other when Iowa goes to Penn State. All right, yeah. last question: the, the story of college football and national perspective is Coach Prime. Uh, it's hard to hard to argue that he gets a sixty minutes piece done on him. Yeah. Uh, they pull one out in overtime. Uh, they yeah. rush the field when they beat Colorado State. The Buffaloes uh, are three and zero. They handled Nebraska. They beat TCU on the road. Uh, they go to Oregon <laughs> this week. Are you buying and sell or selling another another primetime week of Coach Prime? And will he go to Oregon and win? I think he uh, will, will not win there. I think it's finally going to end. I think the uh, the Dion train will will have to shift to second gear this week, Alan. 
I, I don't think he's going to go to Eugene and win. Um, Dan Lanning's got a pretty good squad out there. Bo Nix, great quarterback, Heisman Trophy contender. Autzen Stadium, you know, that's one of those places that, that, that's like an ACDC concert when they're, when they're playing. It's louder than heck. And uh, I think um, this is where some of the, the momentum slows for Dion. But I tell you what, Alan, what great theater, you know, love me, hate me, don't ignore me. Yeah. I know Dion's got a lot of haters, I'm sure, out there. Uh, I like him. I mean, I, I know he's Hard not to like him. Yeah, I mean, I mean he's, he's, he's a self-promoter, and I think I'm sure he's in it for Dion. But I also think there's 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 some genuineness, genuineness to him. At least I want to believe there is. Um, and he seems like he has, he has a positive message. He may express it in ways that are unconventional, but I, I do think he, he's got a positive message just for people. Yeah. Not just not just his football players. Uh, he's he's kind of he's kind of becoming almost a cult figure. Yeah. Um. He, he, his whole persona was already huge, Alan. And he, he's at that point now where he's going to be a guy who has his figures in wax museums and stuff. And there's probably going to be a movie made about him someday. Um. Just uh, I'm I'm almost mesmerized just listening to him. Uh, so it's again it's uh, it's been fun to watch. Sixty minutes you mentioned I watched that piece. That's two years in a row, Alan. Yeah. I did one on him last year when he was at Jackson State. Right. But it's been a lot of fun. And uh, you know what? <laughs> I, I kind of hope they win. I want to see where this goes. Nobody can take their eyes off this. This can't be replicated by anybody because his personality is so unique. Uh, but it's just been it's just been fun from the get-go. The moment he got to Boulder till now, and the story's just being written. And the big the big eye or the, the big question now, Alan, is how long is he going to stay in Boulder? He says he doesn't want to go to the NFL. I don't, I don't believe that. Um, I think that's probably his ultimate destination. I hope he stays in Boulder for 10 years. I hope he stays in college football. I think maybe he connects better with college kids. But, man, the NFL, that's that's most people's goals. And he he was such a player at that level. I got to think he'd want to be tested at that level. And I do think his, his message would resonate with multimillionaires. Um, so it's going to be just fun to watch this thing continue to play out. Yeah, interesting that it was the number one rated late night game mm -hmm. in ESPN history last week. Yeah, I there believe you go. That my, my, my facts are correct. I'm talking about the game in the 10 o'clock stop. I know because we got home and did our, our Saturday podcast and I could <laughs> tune it in. And it got yeah, about two o'clock Eastern time and uh, Coach Prime and, and they pulled it out against the team that they were supposed to beat. It's clear that they're not unbeatable, but it's also clear that he's got that they're they they are buying what he's selling, so to speak. Uh, and uh, I they think believe, Alan, they believe they, they do believe. That, that, and that, I think that, that's, that's, that's you, know, you have to hope even Ryan Walters in his situation, different guy without question, though he was a candidate for the Colorado job as well, that, you know, you got to get guys to believe. And I think that Ryan, the. Uh, uh, whether he's going to do it a little differently than Dion does without question. But my point is, is that uh, he's, uh, uh, it is all about that. And I don't know, I'm with you. I wouldn't bet against him, but I think Oregon will get him, but I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be shocked. One thing is his son, pretty good at quarterback. Yeah. Isn't he? He's yeah. got a D back too, son. They're both good. Yeah, yeah to the, both of them. Right. And, and, and the, and, the thing is too, man, remember Travis Hunter, they're their star cornerbacks hurt. Yep. He's not going to play for three weeks. Hey, quick, 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 fast fact for you on the Colorado. <laughs> yeah. On the Colorado staff. You may already know this. One of the assistant coaches is a former CC Knight head coach. 
Gosh. Tim Brewster. Tim Brewster. Oh, Tim Brewster's on that set. I did not know that. Tim Brewster. You know, Tim. On the Rock of Field on Ninth Street. This was, I mean, I, I actually covered him, Alan. This was when I was working for Lafayette Leader right out of college in like 1988. He was the head coach of Central Catholic. <laughs> what a character. That's all I'm going to say. And Tim what fits in well with Dion because yeah. Tim was an ultimate optimist. Oh, remember God. when he went to Minnesota and he was doing all that yeah. stuff? Oh, to, and yeah. I can remember Joe Tiller kind of calling him, calling him not. He liked Tim because I think he knew Tim was in his GA at Purdue, maybe briefly. And yeah, I think Tim, Tim, wanted, Tim, the Tim wanted to get hired at Purdue a couple of times. It didn't work and out. Tim and Tim and Tiller had crossed paths, I think, in Tiller's first stint when he was the D coordinator under Leon Burnett. And my point is, is that uh, he fits in well with that. And he's and he's got some experience because now Tim is not a young, young man, young coach anymore. Uh, uh, and boy, you got me on that one. He was on the 1983 Illinois Rose Bowl team. That was his last year. Yep, and Jack Trudeau and uh, and uh, Don Thorpe. Yep, and, yep. Really good, really good Illinois team that uh, got thumped in the Rose Bowl by Rick Neuheisel, right? But uh, but uh, they are a team that uh, that uh, went down in history for Illinois. Uh, Mike White said he was going to get his team to the to the, to the pinnacle in 1980s. I remember the T-shirts. When Purdue played Illinois at Illinois in 1980, one of the first games, I think the first game Purdue was ever on ESPN, and though it was tape delayed, and they had they were selling the shirts, the 80s belong to the Illini. And uh, I said, how oh, Mike White's never going to get him there. He did three years later. Now he got in a little bit of trouble too, but uh, he was he was certainly good at getting that done. You and I can digress about anything on this show, which is good. So we, we try to keep people entertained. <laughs> All right, I, I, I will. Uh, we'll put an end to this, but uh, with our little technical difficulties, this is. Uh, I appreciate all your time getting this knocked out. A lot of fun it is for me. It gets me in the mood for the game this week, certainly, and uh, helps me uh, get ready. So we want to thank Kyle Spray and the good folks at AcrePro.com. Visit AcrePro.com or call Kyle at seven six five five eight seven no seven six five seven seven five six five zero two. And when you are in, when it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. And that, of course, is Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group. All right, we'll be back next week hitting on uh, best homecoming games we've ever seen. We'll, we'll buy or sell that when Purdue plays Illinois. And we'll come up with a whole list of just outstanding topics, I'm sure, to hit. But we'll have fun doing it. So have a great rest of your week, everybody. It's a short one. Uh, we'll all be watching uh, the Boilermakers on Friday night and with all the Tom co Tom's coverage and Mike Carmen and Brian Newbert, uh, we'll have a lot to digest after uh, the Boilermakers take on uh, the, uh, it's not the Fighting Illini, but it is the Badgers of Wisconsin uh, in Ross-Aid Stadium. Have a great week, everybody.